friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. reading one of the articles recently about parenting and how some of the behaviors lead to mental struggle and affect mental health and mental well-being of our children as well as parents. And one of the things this um, psychologist Cheryl Ziegler says that tomorrow I'm going to call my kids stupid and lazy is not what we think. And I totally agreed to that point and something triggered that it's just sometimes we parents are overtired, over, you know, overwhelmed and we don't say things or, you know, we're not, we're not saying things to cause or to be an abusive, right? It just good parents do have bad moments. But this um, psychologist was mentioning that these collective bad moments can cause, you know, a major um, effect on kids' mental well-being. And I agreed to that point. And so I wanted to share actually only three behaviors that, that we parents can watch out for, which we don't do it consciously. And it doesn't, it's not... I am not blaming, shaming, or anything to any parent, but this is just for an education purposes and to reflect on our own behavior patterns and to reflect on our own triggers because most of the time things happen because somewhere we parents are triggered. So today I want to share something. I want. I actually want to share a, a little incident that happened this morning while my um, husband and my kids were leaving to go to our spiritual um, center and they were getting, my husband was getting late and he needed something where my 11-year-old was kept on asking the same question and again and again. So it triggered my husband because he was looking for something, he couldn't find it, he was also getting late. So there was just so many things and he had so many red buttons and Okay, unconsciously, my, you know, I mean, actually not unconsciously, it's just kids are meant to push our buttons. So he kept on pushing the button. So why do you, daddy, why do you need that charger right now? Why do you need that? And he must have asked that question a few times. And my husband just lashed out. And so my, my older one comes home crying. He goes like, daddy just called me stupid. <laughs> and of course, you know, I didn't laugh it out. I actually did ask my son, are you okay? And he started crying. So I did give him the space and I said, I'm here if you need to talk. But at the same time, I wanted, you know, my husband comes like, he came and I said, is everything okay? And he goes like, sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't, you know, I didn't say that he's stupid. He was just asking the same question again and again. It was such a common sense question, but he was keep on asking. And so from this, from this situation, I really, you know, it, it stumbled like, when we parents are just, you know, 
when something triggers and when our buttons get pushed, things just come out. We don't mean it, but it come out. So today I wanted to share three of the behaviors that we can reflect on and maybe learn to um, consciously avoid them on a daily basis so our kids' well-being is not affected. So without taking a further ado, let's look at behavior number one is labeling or name-calling. So, so, so important. Most of the time, we end up focusing on the character instead of the behavior, which is so harmful because in that moment, we are actually, you know, name-calling a child or, you know, and, and this could be in any relationship. This doesn't have to be just with parent-child parent relationship, right? When, for example, when we call, uh, when we say like, oh, my child is just, he is so picky or she's such a brat, by um, calling out these names, it's like we're putting labels on them. We need to understand the language we use with our kids becomes their inner voice. So when we say that, you know, he or she's so picky, they, they, their inner voice becomes like, oh, I'm picky and, you know, I only take this and it's not a good quality. But instead of saying like, you know, they're so picky, we can actually use it in a way where it doesn't affect the character, rather it affects, you know, it, it describes the behavior. So then you, then we can say, you know, he is very selective when it, when it comes to choosing his food. Or, you know, we don't have to say like, oh, such a, you're such a spoiled brat. It's not that they're spoiled or it's not that they're a brat. It's that they are being assertive. Or sometimes, you know, oh, he's so stubborn. It's not that our kids are stubborn. It's just they're being assertive. They know what they want. And, of course, we all want that in their adulthood, we want our you know, our child to choose what he or she wants and not be a people pleaser or not, you know, give up on their dreams or give up on their passion. So if we want them to, you know, embed or, you know, live these values like being assertive or being selective, then we need to watch out for the language that we're using with. So, you know, you can't do this, you're stupid, you're always going to be a failure. Some of These are some of the things that they can internalize and then it translates into that, you know, for for them, it comes like, if I am that in your eyes, then I guess I just am not good enough. And it feels like, you know, it just feels unsafe for them to rely on parents or rely, you know, it just feels for them to unsafe to put their opinions or put their views in front of us. If this is how they get treated. So we really need to avoid the behavior of, you know, labeling or name calling. The second behavior is blaming and shaming. Yes, my friend, this, we think we don't do this, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis, but this actually happens unconsciously a lot and we don't even realize. So, for example, when your child is crying for something and we end up saying, oh, you're such a crybaby. 
at in that moment, what we're doing is we're actually shaming a child for crying, and what the child in you know uh, internalizing is crying is bad, and you know crying is just not something that's acceptable. And this happens a lot with boys, especially. I mean, I have heard this in my household. Um, where you know my son would get told like you know boys don't cry are you a little girl that you're crying um, you're such a crybaby you can't cry um, stop it and things like this where they internalize as like oh you know crying is bad and only girls cry um, this used this hap- this used to happen a lot um, especially because I live with you know other adults in my in my household i don't i'm not calling them out or anything i'm just sharing that this happens in our household um one of the other example is like you know when we say um oh you're such a naughty um kid or you're such a naughty boy it's like you're shaming for you know for their qualities that they're being fun or they are you know they are just they're just being hilarious or making someone laugh and it's just these blames don't sit right with them so we really need to watch out when we're blaming or um, you know shaming our kids so because this actually ends up teaching them that they are worthless and you know they shouldn't trust their feelings and so this doesn't teach them any good and of course, that's not what we want. We're not trying to, you know, teach our kids that they're not enough or they're worthless or their feelings don't matter. But what we're, you know, we really need to watch out for the way we use our, the choice of words matter a lot because then they're, that becomes their language. So, of course, we really, you know, want to discipline our kids. Of course, we we don't want to um, ignore um such behaviors rather our challenge is that we really we really need to be able to do it in a way that doesn't make them feel bad about themselves so like instead of saying like oh stop crying don't cry um it's not you know it's only girls cry instead of saying that we can and making them feel about their feelings or themselves we can choose the right words like you know, we can always put a loving limit and we can always ask in a way like what happened, you know, ask, be curious. And instead of blaming and shaming, be curious and ask, ask about what happened and, you know, be open to listen to their stories. Um, number three, our behavior number three is about, this is my favorite one and I've been practicing and I do consciously put efforts to watch out when I use these words. This is about avoiding the words always and never. It's so hard. We're we're just so conditioned. I mean, I personally know that I end up saying, and this doesn't just apply to, you know, um, in in our relationship with our child, but it also applies in every relationship. For example, let's say, you know, um, somebody forgot to take the garbage out. Be you told it to your spouse or you know your child, someone's responsibility. What do we say? We say, 
it's so frustrating for me that you didn't take the garbage out. And then the very next thing we say is, see, you always forget. I always have to remind you. And then we just go about our business. So it's like always, you always forget. When we say you always, it's like now we're, we're paraphrasing and we're putting them in one box and we are pointing finger at their character and not the behavior. Right, so it's just so important for for us to take this you always and you never because these two words, um, according to the research, they say can have some psychological effect on motivation, on self-esteem and well-being because, you know, it's calling out somebody's character and not the behavior. So when we use the word you always and you never, uh, for you know for your for our child or you know our friend or whoever the other party what they internalize is like if I always you know do this and I never do things right then why even bother trying right so then then we then they end up getting into this fixed mindset and something just you know that just ties with the unhappiness and it just doesn't serve right? Because at the end of the day, our goal is to inspire our child so that they can grow, right? They can change. And, but if we end up putting them in this fixed mindset, then it's just, it just doesn't serve neither us or our children or, you know, slash any other adults or any other human being in our life. So, but again, it's just, it's hard for us parents right, to, to change without introspection. So we really need to sit and ask. So these were the three behaviors that I really wanted to share that are so important for us to avoid because they affect our child's um, mental well-being. So what can we do? And we all know, it's just, you know, we all can have hard moments, but it's about the introspection. It's about the reflection. So how can we, how can we avoid by asking, why do I see things in black and white, right? And so during stressful moments, why do I always assume the worst? And it's just so important for us to self-regulate in during the hard time. That's why I actually have, um, I might have not shared, but I have this method that I share with my clients. It's called SOLVE. And I use this solve method, you know, it's a framework that I have been using for, for a long time in, uh, in my house with, you know, it, I use this for every relationship in my life, whether it's at work, it's with my children, it's with my husband, with anyone, and it works. So it's called solve, where S stands for self-regulation, O stands for observe, L stands for listen and limit. V stands for validate and E stands for empower. This is like my life. This is like my cycle where even in the hard moment, I use it because I have made um, like, you know, I've printed and I have kept on every wall of my house old <laughs> so that it reminds me that first thing is to self-regulate. My kids are watching me, so I really need to model the behavior for them, right? Otherwise, what do they get? They learn that if my mom does it, then I'm okay to do the same. And I don't want them to behave unconsciously. So consciously, I choose to self-regulate. Um, 
I do succeed, but there are moments when it's just so hard. And in those moments, I choose to repair. If I have said something that I shouldn't have, I always repair afterwards because repair is must. So how how do I use this framework? So self-regulate, you can, you know, there are so many ways to self-regulate. Breathe, just leave the room, you know, tell them that you need to take some, you need to, you know, you really need to calm down. It's not their fault because you also don't want to, again, blame. You don't want to make it like it's their problem. No. Most of the time, like this is my mantra, parenting is about not the kids. Parenting is about the parent. It's about us because most of the time the things are triggering us that are coming from our childhood, some of the wounds that never healed. So it's about introspection. So self-regulation and then observing what happened. So for example, in the previous example, how I shared about the, the trash can, somebody didn't take the trash out. So instead of saying you always do this and you always forget and you never take this out, instead of saying all that, okay, the trash is not out, what happened here, right? So you observe and then you you limit. So the limit here was like, what happened here? Why, you know, why this is not done? And then you listen. You listen what the other party has to say and then you validate. You validate and you acknowledge their feelings you acknowledge their their experiences and then you empower them to do what's next because it's not about what happened it's not about dwelling the past that okay it's not about dwelling on the the incident that the trash is not taken out but it's about what's next right what can be done when can we take out so then you empower them to do the job right so this is the framework that i use in my every relationship and it works but again it takes practice because success is not overnight like in any other area of our life success doesn't come overnight this requires lots and lots of practice so again the framework is solve self-regulate observe listen and limit validate and empower that's it for this week's episode of race to rise be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com And join us again next time for more wisdom about life, kids, and everything in between. I am Mithal Patel wishing you happy raising and rising.